Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the Runner's World Podcast. Welcome to the Runner's World Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. This week, we're looking ahead to the London Marathon. Uh, how's it going, Ben? You all right? I'm very well, mate. How was your holiday? Yes, very nice. Yeah, nice, uh, nice to be away and also nice to be back. And I think I've come back at this very exciting time in running because, as mentioned in the intro, the London Marathon's this weekend, but not as we know it. Not as we know it. It's going to be a... It's going to be a very interesting race. Um, for anyone who hasn't sort of seen or is slightly unaware of the, the setting, the race takes takes place this weekend. It's on a closed circuit. It's like a, they said, what well, they're calling the biosphere, which is sort Ooh. of so that the biosphere. It sounds like something out of Mad Max. Um, <laughs> it, it's so that basically the risk of contamination, infection, disease spreading is minimised and... Um, yeah, it's a closed it's a closed loop around St James's Park, which is a park in central London, uh, and each race will comprise of nineteen two point one five kilometer clockwise laps of St James's Park, plus right. an extra one thousand three hundred forty five meters to with the finish line in its traditional place on the Mall. So, couple of things, it's going to be a very different race than what anyone is ever used to when it comes to London. And I am going to say, because we've run that, we've run, we, we go down to St. James's Park and we run around it fairly regularly when we were back in the office and we used to do speed work down there. I'm going to say this is going to be a really quick race. It's pancake flat, isn't it, St. James's Park? I think it's also used as, as a, the course they use for um, the, the mile race that's organised by the yeah. London Marathon as well. So yeah, it's... I mean, the only thing that I'm trying to work out is you. Obviously, it's it's just over a mile a lap, so, and there are four, and there are four corners within that mile. How big a how big an issue is that for, as a from a deceleration perspective? Yeah, but I think that so there's a couple couple looking at it, knowing having run it, I looked at a, a sort of a map and worked out a bit of elevation, and there isn't any apart from because they're because they're running clockwise. The only sort of like undulation is on is on Horse Guards Road, which is the sort of if you were looking at a, at a map of the course, is the right hand road um, that runs sort of down the, the rectangle, and it, it it you the way they'll come off that bend, it kind of drops straight straight away down, and then it does pick up again as you go along that road. There is a slight rise, but as you're going to carry momentum coming down, there's nothing though that would be the only if it was if it was counter if it was anti clockwise, then that would have been in my head the only little bit of like effort hill stuff but because it's clockwise 
that is it's just a downhill which you can run into like a slight i mean the rest of it we're talking three or four meters variation yeah it's very very flat oh it's so flat so you're right i think that the corners could be an issue but again they'll be in the road which means they've got a whole world of space whereas you know when whenever we've run it we've we've been on pavements or on paths and that makes you feel like it's going to be tight but in fact you've got the whole road so you can take the race in line and be fast so I think, yeah, I think it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be rapid. We've got the the two fastest men going up against each other: record holder Eli Kipchoge and um, Kenisa Bekele, who was two seconds off his pace in Berlin. God, for time has evaded yeah, 20, me. Twenty nineteen, I think. Twenty nineteen, yeah. So if you've got two guys who are within two seconds of each other and the fastest two guys on a course that is potentially super rapid, I mean, it could be. We could get, I mean, I'm going to go even further out on the limb now, but you could get a world record. Well, I think uh, we've also got some interest with um, Brigid Koskai as well in, in the women's, who's obviously uh, 2.14.04, I think she ran, which is, yeah, beat uh, Paul Rackers. Oh, yeah, there's the same applies definitely to the, to, to, the, to the ladies' race as well as the men's. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to, um, I don't. I guess the, the, the other factors, they're not there, like, um, and... Kipchoge is very good at talking about this stuff. Is is the impact of the crowd and and the occasion and and, and what that can do to to times and what and and how you know how motivated you are. Yeah, so true. And I guess that that's something that London is is you know ordinarily amazing at. Um, but now you know it's it's going to be a fairly quiet um, lapped route, isn't it? So whether that will play a part, um, we'll have to see. Eli Kipchoge, Kenisa Bukele, two of the best marathon runners of all time. Um, and I'm a huge Bikili fan, as you know. And I always, and I always think that, like with Kipchoge, like a, a few years at London. I know we all got excited about um, when he raced Mo Farah, and not taking away anything from Mo Farah. What an amazing runner he is! But probably looking back at it, you know, he was unlikely to challenge Kipchoge. Yeah. You know, in the marathon. But I think with Bikili, like th- this is a, this is a genuine race, as you said. There's only two seconds difference in their PBs if we take away the Vienna time that the sub two time that Kipchoge run, which was, it's a special case at Ben, isn't it? You know, it's like paces and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think that, uh, he, yeah. And he has, he has incredible pedigree as well. Peculiar. You know, he's, he, he's still the 10,000 meter world record holder. Uh, yeah, I think he's won 17 world titles on cross country and track. So like, you know, he, he isn't in any way in awe, in awe of Kipchoge, like a lot of people who are on that start line will be. I think he really thinks that he can he can beat him. Um, so I'm really, really, really excited about that one. And I think that that'll be, that'll be a great race. I know that London Marathon took an age to, to actually tell people whether the race is going to be on or off. And some people were, were critical of that. But I do think that, there's, that they do deserve quite a lot of credit for still putting the race on you know still finding a way finding a way to put a race on and we can talk about what what the what um the masses have, have been offered in a bit but like i i think it's 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 great to see um the you know athletes of this caliber racing is going to be on the beep as well and yeah it, it would be in some ways it would have been easy to to say you know what let's just not do it but i think actually it's great that, that they've managed to assemble a field like this and we're going to get to see uh you're going to get to see, you know, the, some of the best runners in the world uh, go at it. So, yeah, still going to be a good weekend for for marathon running, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think when you you're in a situation where it's 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 nothing or something, something is always better. And you know, 
the year the year can't get any weirder and more <laughs> ridiculous so I kind of feel like a Watching some elite runners in a biosphere run around St James's Park all on their own is kind of is up there with yeah. what's, what's acceptable. Well, it's uh, it's funny actually. We've got a, we've got an article uh, coming out in a future issue of Run as well, which is um, about the fascia, which we've talked about with one of our guests a few months back, a guy called Shane Benzie. Mm, yeah, Do you remember? He's got he's got a book out called um, "The Lost Art of Running" now, and he, and he he talks about the fascia. So anyone who didn't listen to that episode, essentially the fascia is like this elastic tissue. Un- and that connects our our muscles and tendons together and mm. but his his premise is that east african runners like kipchoge and bikili are like are naturally very very good at tapping into this elastic system and uh elastic stuff doesn't require any oxygen so it's a very efficient way of of tapping into your potential as a runner and uh one of the things he talks about was running tall so if you put height into your body then you stretch your fascia system and you're going to get some uh, sort of elastic recoil as a result and it, what he said to me was, well, how tall do you think Kipchoge is when you see him run? And I always think Kipchoge looks quite tall, doesn't he? He looks like, I'd say oh, he's probably about 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, yeah. He's 5'6". Yeah, that's and I think, true. I think it's, it's, it's actually really testament to like how elastic and kind of and the height that he gets when he runs like he's he's actually he's five foot six I mean, you look at him run you would you do not look, look at that on the tv on the weekend you'll think he's i think you know two or three inches taller than that but i guess and that's quite... probably because five foot he, he's running with everyone else who is also five foot six <laughs> yeah there is that but uh <laughs> so do you if i was in there i would look mental <laughs> If you were if you were in there, if I was could, in the, if I was at the front of that group, me as I currently am, at like probably eighty five kilos and six two, <laughs> it would highlight it, <laughs> that I am the anomaly, and the reason why I am not running near two hours for a marathon is simply because that is the shape of me. It would it would be a turn up if you if you if we turn on the TV there, on, on Sunday and you were in the lead group with two or three miles to go, I, I tell you what, <laughs> no one more than I would be surprised. <laughs> Well, should we have a look? Um, so we talked about talked about Bikili and Kipchoge. I think you'd probably bet on Kipchoge, wouldn't you? And I, 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 would, I would. It's hard to argue against that, but I'm going to say that Bikili in an upset. I'd like to see Bikili do it. Me too. Yeah, me. It's something sure. different, isn't it? Something yeah, different. Why not? Uh, we've got two. Well, we've got a few Britons involved, but I guess the two quickest ones. Uh, there's no Callum Hawkins. Uh, Mo Farah's pacing, which is kind of exciting. Yeah. Same, right. Uh, but we've got Chris Thompson and and Johnny Meller are, are the two quickest uh, Brits on the start line. Uh, both mm. great runners. Both you know, with, with respect to both, them, unlikely to figure at the very very front of the race. But yeah, still still some British interest. Yeah, and I mean a lot of this will be will be Olympic qualifying time stuff. So that's probably where mm. um, the Mo pacing, so Mo Farah pacing this time round, um, because he is focused on the track at the moment. So this is. For the Brits, it's kind of um, it's like an it's it's probably less fanfare than it normally is. If you see what it kind mm. of you know, it's this is very much like turn up, get the numbers, get the time you need, qualify, and yeah. that's kind of, you know, and that's and that's that's good. I think, and it's, this is again the course and the atmosphere and the situation with Mo pacing that might well be that this is ideal for yeah, you know, a, good, a good a good a good qualifying time. Um, I mean, uh, with the women, Steph Twell and Lily Partridge, I think, again, that's going to be really, that's going to be some really interesting racing, actually. Definitely. Uh, um, Definitely. I think I'm right in saying Steph Twell's never, never run London before. Never run London before, yeah. She, um, she, She's Frankfurt she, was her best time. 
Yeah. Um, so, I mean, um, I feel a bit bad that she's not... Her first experience of London is this one. <laughs> but, yeah, um, it, won't, it won't be the last, I'm sure. But yeah, I mean, she's probably going to start... You imagine she might finish just ahead of Lily Partridge. But yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a really good really good battle and that'll be that'll be great that'll be great to see and then as we said Brigitte Koskai yeah I mean she she um she recently spoke with Runners World in Germany and we, we um got the interview uh transcribed and, and she doesn't think the 214 what she which she ran is is kind of you know anywhere near what she can run I actually think she she may think she can run kind of close to 210 so which sounds kind of staggering when you think about Paula Radcliffe's record of 215 seeming kind of unassailable and then she's talking about getting down close to 210 so who knows what she could do hey should we talk about should we talk about the masses yeah let's talk about the people essentially you can still run the virtual london marathon on sunday uh, yes and you said you, you you can run 26.2 miles that is and you can uh, upload your race and my understanding is that then that can then count as a good for age time yeah no it can so you and then you know they've the uh, the good for age times have all changed a bit, um, and there's been a bit of hoo ha about what's valid, what's valid, and what's not. So, mm. um, but yes, the, it, it all—it's not just a, you know all, all finishers will get a medal as well. And as, so, this being the 40th race, you know that's a medal to get. I think mm. that's you know that's one to, to even though it will be a virtual one and it might not be the day you expected. Like you know that's a, a big a big a big four zero on your London Marathon medal will look good. Um, but yeah, it's 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 um it's it, all the races count towards you know good for age and, and and all these sorts of things. So um it's a tricky one, and I and, and and I say this with the caveat that anyone who is actually out there actively looking to cheat on the day is is I mean that's you know that's that goes you cheat, against you're pre- cheating yourself, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it kind of goes against everything that you know. Um, it goes against anything that taking part in a race kind of is about. Um, yeah. But yeah, there is there is scope for cheating when it comes to obviously manipulating uh, data in a file if you're uploading a file. But I mean, it's something that I'm sure London Marathon are, are, are prepared to deal with. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's it is. Um, but again, you know, all racing is open for cheating, isn't it? It's not just virtual. So if, if yeah, if completely, yeah, there, there there have always and always will be people who want to cheat. So it's not necessarily that this circumstance is unique. Um, but yeah, Sunday, I imagine there'll be a fair few people out doing their best to get a medal. Definitely, and we had Kieran on, didn't we, uh, over a month ago, talking about how you can sort of optimize these uh yeah a virtual race and how you can mm. make it work for you and um so yeah do have a listen to that episode if well, you, I mean, if Kieran you are, said yeah yeah i mean kieran pointed out the best thing to do was get a fast loop yeah so, um... yeah <laughs> not st james's part though you can't know that one that one's been that one's been bad yeah, sorry think, guys but... yeah that's all that's all closed off but yeah so i think um you, I, I reckon you're right if you went out on sunday there'll be i wouldn't i think you'd see small groups of of people uh clocking up the distance and, and hopefully getting some yeah getting some good phrase times or some pbs and uh yeah if it is you then best of luck i would say if you're you know if you're all set to go and cheer which you know i was i was looking for i love going down yeah. and watching it maybe just pick a pick a popular run route in your <laughs> local vicinity head down with a sign keep your distance wear love a it. mask but you yeah. could go and just shout at some runners i'm sure they'll appreciate it 
Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's good, Ben. Yeah, head down to Hyde Park. See what, see what you yeah, can do. Yeah, get down to the park. If you live like over Eastway, get along the canals. Bound to be people doing a long, you know, a long marathon run along there. Just you know, start giving people encouragement for the day, even if they're not doing a race. They'll, you know, they'll appreciate it. <laughs> so, I, a couple of weeks ago, I spoke with a guy called Steve Report, who is a, uh, a kind of music photographer. And back in 1983. He took pictures of Joe Strummer, the legendary frontman of The Clash, when he ran the London Marathon. Oh, yeah. uh, and these pictures emerged online, basically. There, there was one that was had been doing the rounds for years, but then he discovered these colour photos of, of Strummer running the London Marathon, and they're great. And we've got a piece coming up in the magazine uh, later in October. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's, a great, it's a great story, actually. And, uh, yeah, I spoke with Steve. Um, he didn't know this was for a podcast when we spoke. So some of the language is there's the odd swear word ben he's a rock and roll kind of guy do you know what i mean i think i, th- I think it's it's in the spirit of it's in the spirit of the uh the kind of punkish uh interview to to um i think if you take it in, in that spirit it's all right but yeah it, it, there, there's the occasional swear word so if all that's right, forewarning, forewarning, forewarning. for all of our young listeners but uh, it's a it's a belter it's a belter of a tale and uh yeah and it kind of captures um the spirit of of joe strummer and actually also uh you know why, why he wanted to run a marathon in the first place and why he thought it was quite a sort of punk thing to do. So uh, here it is. Guest of the week, here in the studio. Guest of the week, sometimes on the phone. Could be an athlete, could be a physio, or a complete what are, you, what are your memories of, of that day? Because I guess back in 1983, the London Marathon would have, would have been a very different event to what it is today. But can you what, have you got kind of clear memory of what, what it was like trying to, trying to shoot him on that day? So the story goes back to 82, when I went to uh, LA with Johnny Waller, who's my best mate at the time. Um, we used to play football together. And we, we were sent by Sounds to um, do a feature on Bow Wow Wow. And Bow Wow Wow were just finishing their U- uh, US tour. Uh, literally, they were finishing it while we were there. They were playing at Perkins Palace in Pasadena. And they were staying at the Sunset Marquee in Hollywood, which is a bit of a rock and roll hotel. So we went over there. And, um, the Clash was staying there. And The Beat was staying there. And Kid Creole and Coconuts were staying there. We were all staying at that, at that little little hotel, at this kind of hotel motel at the same time. So I got to meet Joe Strummer right. and Cosmo Vinyl, who was his, I'm not sure if he was really his manager or handler or mate or whatever, but I remember going out drinking with them. I'm not a drinker, but we did go out drinking to Barney's Beanery. And we had we had this, uh, some kind of drinking contest where you had to name the first album you ever bought. And mine and Joe Strummer's was uh, Every Picture Tells a Story by Rod Stewart. Right. So I kind of bonded a little bit over that. And I was a bit starstruck because I was a huge Clash fan since I was a student. Yeah. And this was like my first or second year being a, a full-time professional photographer. But I used to go and see The Clash all the time when I was a student and um, took pictures of, of them at the Lyceum in 81. So I had a lot to talk to Joe about. So that, that was my, my initial meeting with Joe. And then out of the blue, I lived in Clapham in southwest London and I got a call out of the blue from Rolling Stone, who I don't think I'd ever worked, worked for. And um, <clears throat> they said, Joe Strum is running in the London Marathon on Saturday. I remember actually if it was Saturday or Sunday. Um, I could probably, I should probably look that up. But um, can you get picture, a picture of him for us? And I don't know if I was that naive, but I just said yes. And they didn't like give me Cosmo Vinyl's phone number or Bernie <laughs> Rhodes' phone number or the like CBS yeah. phone number or anything. They just said, 
or you know, here's Joe, there's no cell phones. Here's Joe's number. Arranged with him to go and meet him. So I just drove off on that Saturday morning from Clapham to Blackheath across London, and it's drizzling with rain. It's you know, grey as the typical you know, London morning, <clears throat> and there are like twenty, twenty-five, thirty thousand people there. So I drove up to Blackheath Common. I parked the car, stepped out, and there's Joe Strummer warming up. And Amazing. I made this up. He's just literally right there, ten yards from my car, limbering up. And if you look at the pictures, everyone else is is all like wrapped up in in rain jackets, and they're all huddled in groups. And there's just Joe, and it looks like he's just standing in in in, in lights. Um, and he he looks so cool, doesn't he? He's a very effortlessly cool man, I think. He's, and he's wearing a Clash T-shirt. He's actually wearing a white T-shirt. Um, and and legend has it that someone someone during the race said, "Nice T-shirt, mate," and didn't didn't realize. <laughs> It was Joe actually wearing it. <laughs> That's brilliant. So, so you got some shots. You got some shots then on Blackheath, then, which I, I think I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. All right, mate. How you doing? You know, remember me? Remember? 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 You know, we 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 went out drinking in Hollywood, and 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 they invited us to their show. We went to see them at the Hollywood Palladium as well, which is amazing. Uh, the the beat and the and the and the Clash. I was friends with the beat, so that was that was really cool. And um, yeah, so he posed to me. So I, so I took these pictures. Now my recollection is that that was all I did and then I thought you know just got a couple of frames and I thought well he went off to run the race I thought I should probably try and get pictures of him running the race um so yeah. I drove over to Tower Bridge I can't remember where I left the car but I know I ended up on Lower Thames Street which is around mile 2021 20, of the race yeah so I figured you know two or three hours probably is when he'll he'll be there if he's going to finish the race probably three hours and um I waited in the rain and waited and waited and waited and waited. It was really miserable. And I thought, I must have missed him or he's not going to finish the race or, you know, and I started, my re- this is my recollection, that I'm packing up and I'm just about to leave. And then I see Joe trundling along with his bandy legs and his Adidas shoes and his Clash teacher. And and I, I quickly get the camera out and I snap maybe one or two frames and that's it. So, you know, I, I did, I remember I posted the film I sent the black and white off to Rolling Stone um, and I gave one to an enemy used one at the time, probably the same one. And that one lived on through, you know, later years through the internet. And people were fairly familiar with it. Although, like I said, a lot of people thought it was from Paris. There was this whole story about him being told to disappear by Bernie Rhodes because the, the tickets weren't selling well right. to a cash tour that involved some dates in Scotland. And Bernie told him to go and stay with Joe Ely, who was a friend of theirs in Texas. And Joe said, yeah, fuck that. And he just fucked off to France and hooked up with, with a bird and, and just, and apparently they ran the Paris Marathon together. And he really did disappear. Bernie had no idea where he was. And he sent Cosmo Vinyl over eventually. And Cosmo went over personally, maybe even hired a private detective, um, but found Joe eventually and brought him back. And, and, um, so there's, it's unclear whether he really ran the marathon. He definitely wasn't entered into right. it. So he didn't have a big number like he did in London. But he ran the London. He ran it in four, four hours, 13 minutes. So to, to continue the story, so I left England. I, I ran the marathon, the London. So I'm from London, from East London. And I ran the London in 1992, um, which was April. Joe's race was April the 17th, 1983. And I ran it on, I think it was April the 5th, 1992. And then... In June, I moved to San Francisco, 
June June the fifteenth. I, I moved over here, um, so that's twenty eight years ago. So I've been living here ever since. And my library stayed at my friend's house in Oxfordshire, in his garage. Um, so I didn't have any in my library, and I stopped being a photographer in around ninety four. I did a bunch of different stuff. So. This guy, Bryce, from Satisfied Running, which is like a punk running clothes, clothing company in Paris, um, found me. He saw that photo and he wanted to use it on a T-shirt. And he somehow, I'm not, actually, I'm not hard to find. He found me on the internet. And I said, yeah, you can use it. And put him in touch with Rod. And they actually, he, Rod actually had to go into these locked filing cabinets, crowbar <laughs> them open, smashed his head open doing wow. it, like got a big cut on his head while he was doing it couldn't find them because they were in the wrong place and then eventually found them. And then Bryce sent FedEx and he, he actually sent the negatives over to France oh, wow. and they did these, this t-shirt, uh, this moth eaten um, punk t-shirt. And I finally got mine a few weeks ago. So I like wearing that when I go running. So I'm a runner as well. So, you know, have, taking pictures of Joe in the marathon was a pretty big deal. But then, but then the, the next part of the story on the, on the t-shirt yeah. is that, um, so I used to be representing, I used to syndicate through London Features International, LFI, for decades. Right. They got sued. They went out of business. I think their library got taken over by Photoshop, who um, were, let's say, not the most honest people to deal with. And eventually, I gave up on them and said, look, you must have some of my color that you got from LFI. Can you ship it to me? And this was earlier this year. Can you ship it to me in San Francisco? And eventually, there's a lot back and forth. They shipped four boxes of color transparencies to me. Uh, cost me $200 they arrived um, and they were all like just storage boxes that were just all bashed in just taped up they just threw a bunch of stuff in there they didn't wrap them they didn't bubble wrap them it, the boxes were all crushed and battered oh, wow. and I, I didn't know what to expect so I got a knife opened the boxes and it's mostly kind of junk like bands that no one would ever be interested in <clears throat> and then amongst all these sheets and sheets of, of these obscure bands there, there are a few sheets of random pictures and i took one out and there's joe strummer running the london marathon in color yeah and i had absolutely no recollection of ever taking color of that so this is literally 37 years later yeah and i discovered these color pictures and i was in tears when i saw them oh wow i started started scanning them they've deteriorated a lot all my stuff's really deteriorated because it was in a garage for a long time um but you know, I got them cleaned up, scanned them, uh, scanned them, got them cleaned up. And I started putting some of them on Twitter and Instagram. Mm. And then that one, that one of Joe waving that I call mile 21. Yeah. Yeah. That, that just took off and it's now had um, 993,000 impressions on Twitter. Wow. I'm hoping it'll get to a million. Um, but I put an F word in it and so I can't promote it. <laughs> They won't, they won't allow me to promote it. So you're fucking right. <laughs> this is the Runner's World Podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Uh, how did you feel, Steve, when you saw the pictures? Was it, was it, it was quite, it sounds like it was quite emotional to be brought back to that. that so emotional. Yeah. Because I love Joe. I love the clash. Yeah. I still love yeah. the clash. I still love Joe. And then him having passed on, um, passed away. And um, it's kind of more poignant now. Yeah. And then being a runner and having run the London, you know, years after that. So anyway, the time between Joe Strummer and me in the marathon is, is quite a strong one. So, yeah, I was very emotional when I saw the pictures. And um, I bet. couldn't believe how nice they were. Couldn't believe that I had colour pictures. And they kind of took off. So I put one on Instagram. And I know everyone's, everyone's skint because of the, the lockdown. Everyone's losing their jobs. Mm. But there are so many, so many Clash fans that follow me on Instagram. <clears throat> and uh, Joe Strummer fans, I, I said, um, I'll make this picture picture available for a reduced price, which I think was $115, yeah. including shipping anywhere in the world. And the size is 8 by 12 on 11 by 14 paper. And I said, you know, I, I, I'll do the first 20. I think I said the first 20. It was either 10 or 20. I think it was 20. The first 20 people who, who order it yeah. at this special price. And it, it just went on and on, and I ended up doing like 62 of them, I think. Wow. Seeing, seeing as you, you got the chance to meet Joe a couple of times, did you, did you get a sense of why something like the marathon or, or running might have appealed to him? Because I guess a lot of people look at running and think, oh, that's a very kind of square activity. It's not the kind of thing I associate with, like, um, yeah, like a rebellious punk rocker. Did, but did you, did, you, did you get an insight into why Joe might, might have liked running or marathons? It's a brilliant question. Apparently, he was a cross-country champion in high school. Oh, right. So I think it was in his blood. And, and it does sound like the sort of thing he'd do. Just, you know, I, I don't think he po- followed an expected path. You know, he, he didn't come from a council estate. It's funny because I actually grew up on a council estate in, in, East, in East London, Essex, um, in Manor Park. Joe was the son of a diplomat. You know, he was he was pretty pretty well born, if you like. Yeah, right. And, you know, he's not a co- not a Cockney boy, um, but but he really lived he really lived the punk life. And I yeah. think being a runner was was almost the fact that he he said that you know there's that famous interview where he's asked about his training regimen, which I think was to do with the Paris Marathon. Yeah, he said you know he, the night before he stayed up all night and drank ten pints, and he said. But, but maybe you shouldn't publish that because I don't want people to think that that's, you know, the way to train. He said only me and Hunter S. Thompson could get away <laughs> with that. <laughs> so I think, it's, it, I think for him, it's actually punk to do that. Mm. And for other people, it might not be punk. But there's actually a, a, a bloke on Twitter, I think, called The Running Punk. And he's got quite a following. Yeah. He's on Instagram as well. So there, and 
it's funny because quite a few of the punks that follow me or, and that I follow are runners as well. So I don't know. I don't know if it has anything to do with Joe, but but any 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 self-respecting punk knows that Joe ran marathons, so they know that it's cool to run. This is the Runners World podcast. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A huge thanks to our guest Steve Report. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you the same time next week. Our special listener subscription offer is still available, so please head over to hearstmagazines.co.uk slash Runners World Podcast to get three issues for only £5. The Runners World Podcast is available on Acast, iTunes, and all of your favourite podcast apps. Just search Runners World UK. Please subscribe if you haven't already, and uh, thanks again for listening. We will see you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.